0: Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration with Liquid IV. Get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use code rslash at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code rslash at liquidiv.com. Welcome to rslash Malicious Compliance, where a stupid sexist gets himself in big trouble. Our next Reddit post is from Old Hospital. I'm a 25-year-old woman, and I work as part of the sanitation department for a hospital. We make sure that patient rooms are sanitized regularly to ensure that patients and staff are protected as much as possible from any sort of environmental threats. We take out the trash from nurse stations, patient rooms, replace linen, clean the hallways and floors, as well as clean the bathrooms daily. I started working about a year before the pandemic, and as such, a lot of our processes have, as you might have guessed, changed and become much more intense. Our supervisors often come around to each floor to make sure everyone in our department is working properly and being diligent about our cleanings. My position is what we call a float worker. Basically, I've been trained in every area, and my job is to cover people who are sick, on days off, on vacation, etc this comes with a lot of hurdles, such as trying to remember what order everything needs to be done in. So, sometimes, since there are so many different areas I have to cover, I have to ask my supervisor for help. The downside to my position is I won't know until I show up to work where I'll be for the day. I don't mind this because it allows me to see a vast amount of the hospital and build a rapport with the nursing staff and doctors all around. Usually, if I'm covering for someone's vacation or time off, I'll know ahead of time, as my posted schedule will have me in their position for that time. About a year and a half ago, I was scheduled to cover one of our guys who works in the operating room for about a month. Working for the operating room typically came with a fair bit of free time, since there wasn't a whole lot to do after you prepared the room for the next patient, and the stuff that you were assigned to do other than those rooms were usually finished before your first break anyways. However, there was one downside to working in the operating room. Steve, a 56-year-old man. Steve was a scumbag and the sort of person who thinks that LGBT people are just mentally ill. And he told me at least twice that you're not built for working and that I should be in the kitchen at home preparing dinner for my husband. For context, I'm a very open lesbian and he refuses to accept it. Also, he is the epitome of a teacher's pet. You do something just a little too slow, he called our supervisor. Get too busy with one thing and you couldn't finish your secondary task right away, he'd call our supervisor. You get the idea. Steve was the reason why a lot of people didn't like working in the operating room. If him constantly calling supervisors wasn't already enough, which, trust me, it is for most people, then he would insist on trying to teach you better ways of cleaning things if you weren't being absolutely efficient. He would harass people constantly, especially the women, asking them if they had done this or that correctly. And most of all, he loved to try to boss around everyone from our apartment. Most of our coworkers just got used to it, but I loved to take the piss out of him just because it was fun. The first week of my month-long stint in the operating room wasn't much of a problem with Steve, because normally I'm very diligent about my work, so he doesn't have much reason to complain. The second week is where the malicious compliance truly takes place. That was one of our busiest weeks of the operating room for that year. Normally, we would have 35 cases a day across our 10 operating rooms, but this week we averaged 52 a day. This meant that our small team of four cleaners, me, Steve, and two other guys would clean a room right in time to clean for another room. This was the most stress that I had ever seen any of these guys be, but Steve was the worst of all. We had just finished a room, my work was looking tip-top, and I was getting ready to take my lunch break everyone was okay with this, except for Steve, surprisingly. Steve stopped me and we had this back and forth. Wait, have you checked your sinks? Yeah, I scrubbed them before the morning rush. How about your trash cans? My god, yes, I checked them. One of them is half full, but it's not going to get filled up during my lunch break. Now, can I go? I don't want to- What about your hallways? Did you dust them? Yes, I did. Now, please leave me alone. I need to get to lunch before... How about your high dusting? Did you get... Steve, I'm gonna ask you once and only once. Mind your own damn business and worry about your own area. And with that, I walked away. Steve did not like that at all. I was 10 minutes into my lunch break and halfway through my food when our department director walks in. She told me to meet her in our office after lunch. I was pissed, to say the least. I knew that that little rat had probably told our director that I'd hit him or something, and he was going to use my little outburst as a threat that caused me undue mental harm, and I don't feel comfortable working around someone who's gonna act like that. Mind you, I'm a 5'4", 130-pound woman who's sweet as pie, and Steve is 6'3", and probably like 230 pounds. As I was eating, I kept an eye on the monitor that showed the operating room schedules, and I could tell that the operating team was about to get rocked. I panicked for a moment, but then I remembered what happened with Steve, and I couldn't help myself from laughing a little bit. Cue that sweet, sweet malicious compliance. I finished my lunch and left to go to the director's office. On my way to the elevators, Steve saw me and stopped me. OP, get your hairnet on. We have nine other rooms that need to get cleaned. Oh, I'm so sorry, Steve. I was asked to come down to the office by our director. She had some things that she wanted to discuss with me and told me to come immediately after my lunch and to not worry about the, but we're getting overrun with work. I don't see how that's currently my issue. If I don't talk to her, I might get fired for insubordination, so good luck. I'll try to be as fast as I can. I smiled and turned away. I got down to the office and the director was sitting with one of our HR reps. Surprise, surprise. She pulled me in to talk about the fact that someone, who she couldn't technically name, but everyone knew who it was, came to her with a complaint about a hostile encounter in which I made the person feel uncomfortable. I laughed a bit and told them what had happened from my point of view. The director just kind of put her head in her hands, and the HR rep had to sifle a chuckle. My director said that, originally, she was going to put a strike on my record, but after hearing my side of the story, along with the plethora of other reports made by Steve about people in the department, she said she realized that she probably shouldn't have gotten HR involved until she heard my side of things, and she dismissed both me and the HR rep. As I turned to leave the office, I remembered those times that Steve looked down on me for being a woman. So, instead of heading back to work, I closed the door, turned back around, and sat down. The director looked up from her laptop, sighed, and asked what I needed. I just smiled and said, I'd like to lodge a complaint about Steve. She stared at me for a few moments, then asked me to detail my complaint. Here's a list of the things that I got her to put in the complaint. Micromanagement of peers, creating a hostile work environment, unnecessary reporting of coworkers, bullying, misogyny, discrimination of LGBT coworkers, and finally, sexual misconduct. Because once he told me that I like other women because you've just never had a guy who could f you good enough. After going through the list with me providing examples and dates, my director just kind of shook her head and put her fingers up to her temple. I looked at her and said, Bad day to be Steve. And she nodded, Yeah, bad day to be Steve. You can head back to work. I'll talk to him before I leave for the day. I left the office, and even though I'd only been away from them for like one hour, my team looked awful. Even our morning guy, who's in his mid-30s and has been doing this for upwards of a decade, was looking rough. They had finished all nine rooms. Impressive. The three of them looked at me, and Steve was the first to say anything. Took you long enough, B-word. Where were you? Oh, don't worry. You'll find out soon enough. My meeting with the director went well. The morning guy asked, what happened? Oh, well, someone complained about me being aggressive, and it ended up turning into a conversation that would definitely eliminate the hostile work environment that was created here. Steve smiled and said, Good. The last thing we need is someone to feel uncomfortable up here. Oh, of course, Steve. Wouldn't want anyone to feel attacked or anything, right? Also, Steve, I had a question for you. Have you checked the break room yet? Last I saw, the trash was overflowing on the floor. Steve left in a panic, and the other three of us left. The fallout. Since I was the person who levied the complaint, I was entitled to hear about any actions taken to correct that complaint. Unfortunately, since I was the only person who lodged complaints about Steve, he couldn't be fired. That being said, Steve was still reprimanded hard and was slapped with two strikes. For clarity, getting three strikes means that you're fired. And he had to take a year's worth of classes about discrimination, misogynistic reform, LGBT learnings, etc. He was also told that if anyone reported him saying things like this again, he would be fired and blacklisted from all hospitals in this state. And in other news, I have since become a lead for our day shift. While I do maintain my floater status, I did gain a few more dollars per hour, some leadership responsibilities, and most importantly, a fancy title to tell Steve to F off with. Today's episode is sponsored by ZocDoc. Life is full of compromise, but there's one thing in life that you should never compromise on, your own health. That's why I like to use ZocDoc to find the best doctors for me. That's how I found my personal doctor as well as the pediatrician for my little girl. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doctor you want, you can book them immediately. No more awkwardly waiting on hold with a receptionist. My favorite thing is that you can see doctor reviews. I mean, who wants to go to a doctor who makes you sit alone in a room for an hour and then rushes out after barely speaking to you? I love using ZocDoc because, to be honest, it's easy and I'm lazy. Go to ZocDoc.com rs and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then, find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's zocdoccom dot rs. ZocDoc.com rs. Then enter code R slash at checkout. That's R slash R S L A S H at adamandeve.com. This is an exclusive offer specific to this podcast, so be sure to use code R slash to get your discount, plus hundred percent free shipping and get it fast with rush processing. Use code R slash. Our next Reddit post is from Simple Texas. At my last job, my main duty was the IT manager for the entire location, among other duties. I had been there for three and a half years at that point, and I was trusted by everyone. If I had something important to say, people listened. During COVID, while other departments' budgets were getting slashed and employees were getting laid off, I was able to replace a lot of our aging IT infrastructure. At the beginning of my last year there, the owner hired a young, I only tell the truth even though you won't like it, narcissist as his second in charge. The owner hired this bonehead as his successor to running this location, while the owner focused on opening up a second location. In the first three months, bonehead pissed off everyone, to the point where 15 people from various positions left the company to find another job. This was during the pandemic, where a lot of people were thankful they had any job, but 15 people were like, I'm going to risk finding another job in the middle of the pandemic rather than stay here. He was that bad. As Bonehead started to piss off our customer base and our sales started to suffer, we switched over to cost-cutting mode. The owner had largely checked out at this point. So, longtime vendors were replaced with friends and family of Bonehead. Services were downgraded or cut, pay plans for the sales department were jacked with, which further eroded the morale of the workforce. One day, Bonehead comes to me and tells me to stop doing safety checks and maintenance repair on our products so that sales could post larger sales grosses. I loudly objected and went to the owner, but since the owner is always happy to hear something about making more money, he threw his support behind Bonehead's idea. A few months of this goes by, and after he fired one of my employees on my birthday because he refused to give Bonehead access to the server room, I knew that it was time to go. I found a new job, put in my two weeks, and of course, Bonehead stops my direct deposit on payday, the day after I gave him my two weeks notice. I decide that dealing with this hassle isn't worth the extra two weeks' paychecks, so I tell them I'm out of here while filing a report with the state over my wages being withheld. As I'm walking out the door, Bonehead reminds me that I'm no longer an employee of the company, and I am not to get involved with the company's affairs, and I may face possible legal repercussions if I say anything negative about the company. Fast forward to this Monday, and I get a call from my local internet provider. They tell me my internet service bill has gone unpaid for the last 6 months, and it'll get cut off if I don't pay immediately. I log in, and I see that my account is paid. So, after a bit of back and forth, I find out that I'm still the point of contact for my last job's account on the internet service. Remembering that I'm not to get involved in the company's affair. I just tell the internet service provider that I can't get involved because I no longer work there. They asked me for an updated point of contact and say that if they don't get one, they'll be forced to suspend service. I repeated that I'm not allowed to get involved and left it at that. An hour later, a buddy I know who still works there called me and told me they had to stop working because their internet service was cut off. I played stupid, but it took three days to restore it. Our next Reddit post is from Malsaw. This is a story from my father, who was an American grunt during the Vietnam War. This was during one of his assignments near a Vietnamese village. Because they were trying to avoid killing the local civilians, they had orders expressly prohibiting them from shooting back, and the guerrillas knew about it. So, every single night, the guerrillas would climb up to the rooftops in the village and take pot shots at my father's group. Now, because the guerrillas were effectively using the civilians as a shield, the men weren't allowed to shoot back. They were, however, allowed to launch a flare, which would light things up enough that the gorillas didn't feel safe continuing to shoot at them. But still, the shooting would start back up again the next night. One night, my father had had enough, and he had a devious idea. When a sniper started taking pot shots that night, my father immediately launched a flare, horizontally, right at the sniper. His commanding officer reamed him for it, but after that, the nighttime pot shop stopped. Down in the comments, Headspace points out something interesting about this post. If you weren't expecting it, being on the receiving end of a flare like that would probably look like a missile or an RPG hitting your way. (laughs) And then Tiny Octopus adds, Even if you do recognize it as a flare, it's a declaration of, I know exactly where you are, and this doesn't need to be just a flare. And then we have this story from Neath. This reminds me of a story that my military buddy told me when he was with the Canadian forces in Yugoslavia. There were snipers that were harassing the troops and civilians. The Canadian snipers weren't allowed to shoot unless they were already shot at, so they got a better idea. They took telescopic pictures of the bad guy snipers and then pinned the pictures up in the places they were sniping from. Funnily enough, the snipers stopped all action in that area. That was our slash malicious compliance. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.